What's up, everybody? Come on, how many excited to be at First Wednesday tonight? Come on, how many love Jesus in the house? Come on, I think you can do better than that. How much can we give Jesus all the praise that he deserves? God, you're worthy. We love you. We love you. We love you, Jesus. We come with expectant hearts. I hope you did too. If this is your first time, welcome to our Savior's Church. My name is Pastor Josh. And uh, on behalf of Pastor Bob, Miss Tracy, my wife Lindsay, and all of our staff, thank you so much for being here and uh, being our guest today. It's such an honor to have you. And uh, this is uh, a little a little something, something extra that we add to the month just to give you a little boost. How many of you would say, man, I needed a first Wednesday this week? Okay. All right. Dear Jesus, help us. <laughs> Everybody's like, yes, please. I'll take a first Wednesday, a second Wednesday, third Wednesday. I'll take a second Friday. Um, come on, anybody, anybody with me on that one? Okay. All right. Well, you're going to have to try to get all you can on Wednesday. But um, we, uh, it's just such an honor to have you and, and have such an expecta- expectation for this service. And today... Uh, I am going to do some teaching. I say that I think every time that I'm going to teach and not preach, but just depending on how responsive you are, I might get my preach on. Um, We will see how it goes, but if you got your Bible, I want you to turn to John chapter 4. Let's do this. Let's do something. Okay, back in the old days, and I'm not talking about like 1930s, I'm talking about like 1600s, 1500s, and before, anytime there was the reading of God's word, people honored it. We just don't honor the word like we used to. And one of the ways that they would honor it is they would actually stand. So let's stand together and, uh, in honor of the reading of God's word today. And uh, we're going to put it on the screen. You should got, have it in your notes. If you want to th- you know, open your Bible, you can as well. Uh, I'm going to read it out of mine. And then, uh, and then I'll let you sit down in just a minute. So John chapter 4, starting in verse 27. And this is what it said. Just then his disciples came back. And they marveled that he was talking with a woman. But no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? And so the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. And meanwhile, the disciples were urging him saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. And so the disciples said to one another, somebody hook him up with some McDonald's. What's going on here? Who brought this? Who brought Jesus food? Has anyone brought him something to eat? And Jesus said to him, guys, y'all don't get this. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Verse 35. Do you not say there are yet four months? Then comes the harvest. Now, here's here's what I want us to hone in on. Look, everybody say, look, look, I tell you. Lift up your eyes. Everybody say that. Lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. I am personally convinced that if Jesus was standing on this platform today, the word he would give our church is to open your eyes, to lift your eyes, lift up your eyes and look around and see what's going on. I I I guarantee you, Jesus would want us to see Jennings as he sees Jennings. 
He'd want us to see Lake Arthur like he sees, sees Lake Arthur. He would want you to see your coworker like he sees your coworker. He wants you to see your family like he sees your family. And I'm going to tell you what, if you don't see like Jesus sees, you can't do what Jesus does. And we've got to see like Jesus sees, and you can't reach people that you can't see. And so God has given us a mission to reach people and build lives, but you can't reach people that you can't see. And so God, I believe today is going to challenge us to lift up your eyes. How many know we can get so consumed with what's going on in our world and what's going on that we don't, we miss everything that's going on around us. So today my challenge is, and let's just pray this father, we just come to you right now and God, we ask Lord that you would lift up our eyes. God, lift up our eyes from from just seeing our own lives and what's going on in our own world to see what you're doing in our world and around our world. God, that you would give us eyes to see our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends. Give us a heart for this city and let us see it like you see it. And give you all the praise today. And all God's people said, high five, five people. It's got to be five. Okay, high five, five people. Come on. There we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. All right. All right. All right. Look at that person next to you. Say, have you lost some weight? Notice, notice I didn't tell you which one to say that to. You chose. So the other one you didn't say that to is offended at you. So look at the other one and said, I already knew you lost weight. So I didn't want to ask you. Thought you might need some encouragement. Thought you might need some encouragement tonight. Trying to, trying to get you some encouragement. You know, I, uh, when I was, about, um, I don't know, 18, 19 years old. And, uh, one day I was driving and realized that I had a real problem. And, uh, one of the things that I realized that I had a real problem was, and, and maybe some of you in here that you can, you can feel for me here is I was, I was driving down and I noticed somebody had given me direction somewhere. And so I'm following a map and I'm trying to look at street names and I realized I can't read that street name. Anybody come to that? Any of anybody's come to that conclusion where you're like, I can't see like I used to be able to. And, uh, and I had to come to the realization that something's up with my eyes and I was squinting, you know, you got the squint thing going on and, and trying to read things and I, and I just couldn't read things. And so, uh, so sure enough, my mom's like, you need to go to a, to a, a what is that called? A optometrist or ophthalmologist, whatever that's called. Um, somebody that does with the eyes. And so, all right. I'm not all fancy at that. A doctor of the eyes. Okay. And so anyways, I went over there. I went to an eye doctor and, and of course, you know, they put you in that little crazy weird thing and they're like, just look at me, open your eyes. And it's like, and it's like, you got the wind that blows in. It's like, oh, that's a glaucoma test. Sorry. All right. Should have told you. And, uh, they begin to look at my eyes and of course they do the, you know, here, hold this, tell me EF, you know, all this stuff. And, and, and so I do all that and I'm looking and I'm, and, and the, the, the doctor comes back to me and says, well, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, you, you're nearsighted. And I said, well, I, I, I'm here to tell you, you're wrong. 
because I can see near. I mean, I see everything right here. I see it all. I can read all this stuff. I said, I am farsighted. I cannot see far. And he said, no, 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 listen, I'm sorry. When we say nearsighted, what we mean is that you can't see far. And I'm like, well, y'all got it all jacked up. So I am farsighted. I'm not nearsighted. Uh, is the only medical profession that says what you actually do good. And so I'm nearsighted, which means that I can't see far. And uh, I mean, I can see everything that's happening right in front of me. I can see everything that's happening right here. But if I take my glasses off, like I can't read, I can't see anything that's going on there. And so I, I have a nearsighted issue. And I think oftentimes, uh, spiritually, this is also the case. I think many Christians are also very nearsighted, meaning that we only can see what is going on right here in front of us. But as things progressively get further out, we lose total focus of everything that's going on. And I can tell you how you know if you're nearsighted is by how you pray, by how you pray. God has nothing wrong with us praying for our prayers and our needs, but how many know God doesn't want it to stop there? And if your prayers are pretty much 90% about all about you and what you want, you're nearsighted. And I, I believe today God is wanting to give us perspective. He's wanting us to get put on some of his glasses and to be able to see a little bit beyond ourselves because that is where God wants us to see. He not only wants us to see close, but he wants us to see far. And so today, if there's anything I want to give you is I want to give you perspective. I want you to be able to see not only what's happening here, but what's happening afar. And so, as many of you know, we have a mission, I mean, a vision statement here, and that is to reach people and, and build lives. You'll hear it ad nauseum here. We say it all the time. And it's not just something that we put on banners or put on our walls or you see on our website, but it is really the driving force of everything that we do here at our church, and that is to reach people that are far from Christ, but not only just reach them, but we want to continue to build them and help them grow as disciples of Jesus. And so if you are new here, that is what we're all about. Everything that we do here revolves around that mission. We are, we are fu- uh, fully um, and solely driven by this passion of reaching people and building lives. And Jesus was passionate about that. You see all throughout the scripture, Jesus says, I didn't come uh, to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom. I came to seek and save those that are lost. If you look in your notes, I just, I just listed out a a bunch of just different scriptures that God gives us about this idea that it's really not just about what's near, but it's also about what's far, that God would open our eyes to see what he wants us to do beyond that. Because we are not a church that exists for the people that are here. We are the church that exists for the people who are not here yet. I know you didn't like that because you want it to be a church that exists for you. But I'm sorry to say that our church does not exist just for you. Our exists for people that aren't here yet. And there's many. You have them in your own family. And in Mark chapter 16, I want you to read this with me. It says, and, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. So I want you to see, we're going to look through just a number of scriptures. And there is a, a, um, a responsibility that God gives you and I, if you claim the name of Christ and you say, I am a Christ follower, I love Jesus and I want to do what Jesus has for me. This is what he has for you. And so I'm going to make it real simple tonight. 
And so he says, this is our, our commission is to go and to proclaim the gospel. Look at Luke 14. And the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and into the hedges and, and compel people to what? Come on, say it out loud. To what? Compel people to come in so that my, my house may be filled. Listen to me. If you are sitting by a empty seat, touch it right now and say, God, fill it. Okay. Now touch yourself and say, God, help me to fill it. Okay. All right. All right. You're filling. We don't want you to fill it. Like you have to fill two seats, but okay. Anyway, so we, maybe I should get that in a minute. So go out in the highways and hedges and compel people. Tell them to come in. Tell them to be here. We, God wants his house. And I would even say this, an empty house makes God sad. An empty church makes God sad. Because he sees the devastation and the pain of what's going on in our city. And he goes, what that church has is the answer for what these people need. And they need to be in here to hear that. Look at this next verse, Acts 1.8. But you, everybody say you. You. And look at your neighbor, say you. Okay, so this means you. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. And, okay, let's just, let's just start all over again, okay? All right, if you see you, I want you to help me. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon And will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus has given us this commission and this mandate that you will be witnesses, meaning that you will testify. You will share your story of what God has done in you. And notice he says it in Jerusalem. That would be like Jennings. And then he says in Judea, that would be like Louisiana. And then he says in Samaria, that would be like the United States. And then he says into the ends of the earth, that would be the rest of our world. So I want you to get the context of what's going on here. God says, first off, you know where you're going to be a witness? In your neighborhood. In your city. That's where you're going to start first. See, everybody wants to go across the world. Nobody wants to go across the street. Right? Hey, I'll go to South Africa. I just don't want to go across the street to that person. <laughs> Why? Because you know them and they know you and that's awkward. And, and so, but God has commissioned us. Hey, it starts with across the street first. And then it starts in your city, and then it starts in your state and your nation, and then it starts in the world. And, and of course, in July, we'll be going to South Africa, and we take that commission just as, as, uh, as much of a command as we do our own city. So you see that all throughout here that God has called us to reach people. He's called us to build people and build lives. But here's one of the statistics that I found. 11% of people have the gift of evangelism. 11%. So the gift of evangelism is that you actually enjoy sharing your faith with people. 11%. One out of 10 in here love sharing your faith. You know what that means? Nine out of 10 of you don't. Nine out of 10 of us, when it comes to sharing our faith or sharing what Christ has done in our lives, we're either scared or, or, or we, we feel like I don't know what I'm going to say. And so we don't. And, and yet we have all these scriptures that say that we're supposed to. And so if we're supposed to, we're commanded to, and yet only 11% of us want to, how I mean, no, that's a problem. So how do we get the other 89%? Okay, let's just take a poll. Let's take a poll, okay? How many of you in here have no problem sharing your faith? Raise your hand. Okay. Oh, awesome. We've trained you well. Okay. So our church is, is not the minority. That's awesome. How many of you, it's a little bit... 
let's be honest, would be a little, it's a little intimidating at times. Okay, great. Thank you for being honest. And so I want to share with you very practically, because I don't have actually the gift of evangelism. Sharing my faith with people terrified me. And I don't know if that encourages you or not, but I actually, I don't like doing it. It actually is very like, oh, I don't know what to do, and I don't know what to say, and I, and I have that, and, and I mean, I'm a pastor, and, and it's really hard for me, but I want to share with you something that has helped me so much, because I think us sharing our faith, we make it more complicated than it should be, and I think it's super simple, and it's also not confrontational. Uh, there's times when it can be confrontational, but I think God's way of sharing the gospel with people, we've overcomplicated it. And we've gone to the place where we think, this is what we think, that only the super elite, really good Christian people can share their faith. Right? Any of y'all ever said that? Yeah, he's been saved for 10 years. Of course he can. He's really good at it. But the Bible says as soon as we've been transformed by the grace of God, we have now become witnesses. We now can share our faith. And so I want to give you something. I've shared this with our guys before. I've never shared this in the church before, but I want to give you a simple five step, five things that you can do to share your faith with people. It's going to be extremely practical and extremely easy. And I'm going to tell you, if you do these, it's extremely powerful. And it's based off of the word bless, B-L-E-S-S. Because here's the deal. God has called you and I as Christians to be a blessing. And God has not called us to convert people. He's called us to share the gospel and to bless people. In Genesis 12, he, tell, he tells Abraham, listen, you're going to be blessed to be a blessing. How many know you're blessed financially, spiritually, emotionally, relationally to be a blessing? You know that God did not bless you for you, right? So when you pray for money, let me just tell you something. When you pray for money, don't pray that God meets your needs. Don't you do that. I'm going to tell you how you need to pray. You need to pray, God, give me way more than I need. Because if you give me way more than I need, I can give more than I have. See, because if you only pray for God to give you what you need, you have nothing to give. So I pray, God, make me rich, rich, rich. Because here's the deal. If you make me rich, I will be, and I am now, as generous as possible. I, you, if you can get it to me, you'll get it through me, I promise you. Because I, 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 I want to have more than I need so that I can be a bigger blessing. Can I get an amen on that? Anybody feel that way? Okay, so we want to be a blessing. And God has put us as Christians in our sphere of influence, meaning in your workplace, in your schools, in your homes, in your neighborhood. You know why he's put you there? He's put you there on mission to be a blessing to everybody around you. And so I want to take this bless, B-L-E-S-S, and I want to show you how God strategically reaches people through a blessing strategy. So let's start with B. B is we begin with prayer. We begin with prayer. You want to reach people? You want to learn how to share your faith with people? The first thing is prayer. Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 12. It says, one day soon afterwards, Jesus went up on a mountain to what? Come on, help me. To what? To pray. And he prayed prayed to God all night. Now watch this. And at daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and he chose 12 of them to be his apostles. Now I want you to see the importance of what's happened. Jesus is just about to start his ministry. He hasn't started anything yet. The only thing that's happened is Jesus has been baptized. He hasn't started anything yet. And so he's going to start his ministry. And the way he's going to start his ministry, he's got to realize, listen, I need a team. I need a group of guys that I can help train. And so the first thing is, before he just goes in and starts picking all these people, you know what he does? He 
He prays. He prays. Because prayer is both how we do the mission and prayer is how you discover your mission. So if you want to know what God wants you to do, pray first. If you want to figure out, what God, what do you want me to do today? Pray first. It all begins with prayer. And if we are going to make a difference in this city, you need the heart. You need people on your heart. If you, y'all, y'all, y'all see how this works? If we want to make a difference in Jennings, Lake Arthur, Iota, all these surrounding areas, we've got to have people on our heart. You know how you get people on your heart? Pray. You pray. And when you begin to pray for people, you get people on your heart. I've trained all of our guys, our Friday morning herd guys, that one of the things that we do is we create what's called a hit list. And, uh, and our hit list is this. We actually uh, write down, I tell all of our guys to write down in their phones, in a journal, in whatever, names of people that are far from God and commit to every week, pray for these people. Just pray for them. That's all you got to do. Just pray that God would capture the heart. Pray that God would remove blinders from them. Pray that the Holy Spirit would just do a work in their lives. And it's amazing. I could share story after story of guys who have come up to me on Friday mornings and go, Hey, you see this name? He got saved this weekend. You see this name? He got saved this weekend too. You see this guy? And I'm telling you, it works. I have my own hit list. We call it hit list just because it sounds cool. And so you can call it whatever you want to call it. I call it hit list because it's like a sniper. I'm like sniping guys out constantly with prayer targets. And so, uh, and so, so this is where it begins. It begins with prayer. So in each one of these, I'm going to give you a next step because I I believe a message that's not practical that you can't put into play is not a good message. And so on your notes, you're going to see a next step. So here's our next step when it comes to beginning with prayer. Here's the question. Who do you need to begin to pray for on a daily basis? I would encourage you, if you don't have a hit list, start one. You might start one right now. You got names, people that you just start writing down. I know guys who have 100 names on their list. I know guys who have two. Um, And so I would just encourage you to start doing that. Start praying for family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, all of that. Okay, begins with prayer. Here's your second thing. Here's your L. Look and listen. Look and listen. Luke chapter 18, we're going to read in verse 35 through 43. And this is what Luke 18 says. As Jesus approached Jerusalem, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. And when he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they were like, shut up, shut up, be quiet. And now watch this. It says, be quiet. The people in front yelled at him. And he only shouted louder. He's like, you shut up, son of David. Have mercy on me. He's yelling loud, God. It says, and when Jesus, verse 40, and when Jesus, what did he do? He heard him. What does he do? He stops. Now watch this. He stops and he ordered that the man be brought to him. And as the man came near, Jesus asked him. That's a real key point too. watch. Jesus asked him. Now watch what he asked him. What do you want me to do for you? What you need, man. And this is what he says. Lord, I want to see. Pretty simple request. I want to see. And Jesus said, all right. (laughs) 
It's really not that hard, people. Hey, what do you want? I want to see. Okay. Receive your sight. And your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it, what did they do? They praised God too. Now I want you to notice something. There's just a couple things I want us to notice, but I want us to keep kind of going through this. Jesus was on his way to Jericho. He wasn't on his way to heal this guy. He was just on his way to go to Jericho. And on his way to Jericho, this guy started, this crazy guy just starts yelling at him. But he's on his way to Jericho, which goes back to actually the first, first Wednesday message I shared back in January is that when we are on our way, God puts people in our way. And this is so that, that when we are on our way, God puts people in our way. Jesus was on his way to Jericho and all of a sudden here's a guy in his way. Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. He's like, what is going on? Bring that guy to me. Brings the guy to him and he says, hey, what you want? I want to see. All righty then. See. Now, I want you to see here this idea of look and listen. Why does Jesus ask a blind man what he wants him to do? Don't you think, yet again, remember when Jesus ever asks a question, is it because he doesn't know the answer? (laughs) No. I mean, you can clearly see a blind man is blind. So why does he ask this question? Well, he asked this question because he... He doesn't want to assume what the guy needs. He wants to hear what the guy needs. And so oftentimes when we're meeting with people or, 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 or uh, having interactions with people who don't know God, we immediately assume we think we know what they need. But the truth is sometimes we need to shut up and listen. Sometimes we need to just ask questions. Sometimes we just need to be a listening ear to hear what's really going on. Because maybe what you think is really going is not, is not really what the problem is. Maybe there's a greater problem of what's really going on. And Jesus here listens to this man's struggle and this man's pain. Because here's the truth. This man didn't need Bible verses. This man didn't need theology. You know what he needed? He needed a listening ear and he needed an encounter with God. And he got both of them. He got both of them. So this morning, let me just show you how this just plays out. Uh, in my life. So this, this morning I was, uh, on my way, I was going to Lake Charles with pastor Jamie and we're we're going to church of the King and, and we're sitting in the Walmart parking lot waiting for pastor Zach to show up. And I said, Hey, I'm going to go over to Don's wholesale. Um, because we're starting a Bible study at Don's wholesale in a couple weeks for men. Isn't that awesome? Um, and we're starting, that's a whole nother God thing, but we're starting a Bible study there. So I said, I'm gonna go over to Don's and just kind of hang out with the guys. And so I'm walking over to Don's and this guy greets me and uh, he said, Hey man, how you doing? I think he wanted to sell me a car, but anyways, um, I said, Hey man, how you doing? We started striking up a conversation and, uh, and he was like, Hey, what, you know, what are you doing here? And I told him, Hey, I'm going to come in to see one of your managers and talk to him about uh, some different things. I didn't tell him what I do. I didn't tell him who I was. He didn't know who I was. He didn't know anything. And so I just, I just started asking him questions. Hey man, what's your name? Oh, my name's. And he gave me his name. Hey, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Welsh and I, I do this. And Hey, where'd you go to school? I went to school at Welsh. When'd you graduate? I, he started sharing all this stuff. And I said, um, I said, man, that's great. He said, yeah, man, life's just been really rough lately. And the guy just started <laughs> just sharing all this stuff with me about what's going on in his life and where he's at. And he doesn't know I'm a pastor. He has no clue. And so I just, I just sat there and listened to him the whole time. And, uh, and this guy, the, the manager pulls up and he's like, hey, Pastor Josh. And I looked over and the guy was like, 
I said, hey, I'm Pastor Josh. I pastor at Our Savior's Church. We got a service tonight at 7 o'clock. I did actually invite him tonight. He might be here. I don't know. And, um, but I realized, what would it have been like if I would have just said, hey, man, God, good to see you. Let me go find the manager. I would have missed that moment. And I, he, he's so hungry for the things of God already. And we haven't even had our first Bible study yet. I'm thinking, man, this guy's going to get saved day one. I just know it. It's going to happen. He's just so, he, 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 there was so much pain and struggle that was going on inside him. You could tell he just wanted somebody to share it with. Somebody that would just take a moment and just say, hey, what's going on? Hey, how's that? And so before I left, I told him, hey, man, I'm praying for you. I said, hey, we'll be back uh, in two Saturdays from now, man. I'd love to connect with you. Let's have some lunch. He's, man, I'd love that. And it all, you know what it was? Oftentimes, and, I, and I'm, I'm the worst at this. Oftentimes, we're so busy. We move so fast, we miss those moments. And I am the biggest culprit of that. Just flying I got to get to, I got to get somewhere. And we don't, we don't stop and, and ask the, the bank teller, Hey, how's, how's your day? Or the Walmart clerk. Hey, is there anything I can pray for you? You doing okay? Hey, I noticed, man, you, you sh- I noticed it's happening. You're having a rough day, aren't you? Yeah. Y'all see what I'm saying? Look, lift up our eyes and look and listen. And Jesus teaches us this. And so our next step in this category of look and listen, look at this. Look at this question. Who around me? Now, here's, here's kind of three categories of what you can be looking for. Who around me is lonely? Who around me is new? Who's the new guy? Maybe the new guy at the, at the job or, the, or the, new, the new neighbor in the neighborhood or the new kid that's at school or who's the new person? And then here's another one. Who, who, who is going through major life events? I tell you what, if you find somebody who's lonely, somebody who's new, or somebody who's going through major life events, they want to talk to somebody. They want to talk to somebody. So you need to ask yourself that question. Who in your life right now, at your work, in your family, who's, who's new, who's lonely, who's going through major events? Okay, here's E. You're going to love this one because we do it so well. It's like a spiritual gift. Eat with them. Come on, can I get an amen for E? Eat with them. You want to share your faith? Share a meal. I'm going to tell you, I'm, this is actually extremely spiritual. Look, what, look, I'm going to show you. Jesus models this. Matthew chapter 9, verse 10 through 12. It says later, so Matthew is a tax collector. We know sinners and tax collectors were in the same bracket. And Jesus calls Matthew and says, Matthew, you're going to follow me. And Matthew says, hey, Jesus, let's go to my house. And now watch. And so later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his house as dinner guests, along with many, because who, what kind of friends do tax collectors have? Other tax collectors and other disreputable sinners, prostitutes. And I mean, that, that's, that's who this guy hung, hangs out with. That's his, that's his posse. And so he says, Hey, Jesus, you want to come, you want to come to my house? We want to eat dinner. And Jesus is like, party up. Let's go. Now watch what happens. Verse 11. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? Poof. And when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Mic drop. (laughs) 
Shut the door. All right. And I, I, I think we, we uh, quickly minimize the fact that having dinner with people can be some of the most spiritual times we have. You know why? Because in, in the Bible times, and for us, dinner table is such a, I mean, even a lot of families don't even have dinner around a dinner table anymore. But in those days, dinner meant so much. Dinner was slow. It took a while. It took a process. Everybody's sitting around. Everybody's putting away their iPhones and having time with each other. And who you had dinner with actually showed who you loved. It was a form of love. The people you had dinner with is the people that, that you were friends with, that you showed love for. And Jesus is showing love for these people. Let me ask you this. What do you think it felt for Matthew to have Jesus come eat with them? How do you think that felt? How do you think it felt? For the prostitutes that nobody wants to be around and Jesus comes eat with you. How do you think that felt? It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Because here's the deal. Eating with people is not quick. I'm not talking about like McDonald's. Eating with people requires usually some time. It requires relationships. It requires the building of relationships. And isn't it amazing that you can change the world by eating with people? Can you do that? Can you eat with people? I think I can. I mean, let's go eat tonight. I'm cool with that. Let's go. And so eating is, is a big thing. You'll see this all throughout the scriptures. Jesus talks about even how heaven's going to be. We're going to be eating and partying. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens around food. And South Louisiana knows about food. We know how to do this well. How awesome is it? You can, you can share your faith and eat at the same time. How amazing is that? Jesus, thank you. It's awesome. So here's the next step in this. Who do I need to share a meal with? You know, my whole week usually is filled up with lunch meetings. Oftentimes, I'm, I'm, I'm grabbing lunch with guys all the time. All the time. Breakfast, lunches. I usually don't do dinners because I'm usually at home most of the time. But I try to do lunches. And, and, and I've shared that oftentimes. I mean, some of my greatest conversations with guys are just sitting around a lunch table and saying, Man, how you doing? What's going on? And we're eating. A lot of our life groups have food at their life groups. You know why? Because there's something spiritual about getting around and eating food together and then sharing your life together. It's essential. So we're going to begin with prayer. We're going to pray first. We're going to look and listen. We're going to eat with them. And then here's your, here's your next one. When you eat with them, after you've looked and listened and after you've heard about what's going on in their life and after you've eaten with them and taken time with them, guess what you can do now? You can serve them. You can now serve them. People don't care what you know. They want to know that you care. And so Mark chapter 10 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. I am so proud of our team today. For those that may or may not know, today we had a slew of ladies. Um, a slew. I don't know how many that is. That's a, so it's between a little and a lot. Um, a slew of ladies that were at Ward Elementary serving tacos to all of the teacher and faculty at Ward. All of them. And on top of that, giving massages. How amazing is that? I, I wasn't there. I wish I would have been there. I'm going to be at Jennings Elementary tomorrow. And tomorrow we'll be at Jennings Elementary doing the exact same thing, serving. You want to know how all that started? We actually just went into those schools and we went to the principals and we said, how can we serve you? And they said, I don't know. Hey, can we cook for your teachers? Yeah, that sounds great. Got it. Done. 
And guess what now is happening? Now they're calling us and wondering when we're going to come to do these things. Pastor Bubba, I, I came back from Lake Charles. I didn't get to go to ward today. I came back from Lake Charles. Pastor Bubba was like, man of God, come in here. So I come in and he said, hey, somebody from Jennings High School said, when are y'all going to go do, do teacher's appreciation over there? I said, talk to Bridget. Um, right, right, Mama B. Uh, but it's cool when they ask for you now. You know why? Because we've served our way into those. We've served our way into those schools. I, and, and this is just the favor that God has given us as a school. And this isn't to boast about our church. This is the favor what God does when you serve your way into people's hearts. Because when you go into it not trying to get something from somebody, but when you go into something to try to give something to somebody, come on, how many people, they want you. Because you're a blessing to them. You're a blessing to that school. You're a blessing to those people. That's, that's everything that's happening. It's the way we've gotten on the police department. That's the way that we've gotten into all of the key influential places of this city. As we've walked into those places and says, we are a church here. We love this city. What can we do for you? Not what can we get from you, but what can we do for you? What would it look like if you went down your neighborhood and you knocked on doors and you said, hey, my family and I were just walking around and saw that all those leaves are just crazy. Can we pick all those up for you? Wait, say what? You want to do what? Yeah, can we pick, can we rake all those leaves up for you? We're gonna, I'm going to put all my children to work. They need something to do. And so how many of you know, you, after you pick them up off of the floor, <laughs> they're going to be like, Here's the thing. Then they're going to be like, why are you doing it? And guess what? Anytime person, somebody answer, asks a question, you now have the opportunity to give an answer. Because we just love Jesus and we love this street and we love our neighbors. And the Bible says for us to love our neighbors as much as ourselves. And so we like raking ours. And so we figured, why don't we rake yours? And so we just want to be a blessing. Man. Or what if you went to that coworker and said, hey, man, I noticed, you know, things are going off, going wrong at, at home. It's been a lot. Hey, I'll take your shift. Don't worry about it. What, are you serious? Yeah, man. And what if you do that to the person who hates you? I think the Bible says something about coals on a head for that one. Y'all with me? So here's, here's the question. Here's the next step. What is a practical way I can serve someone this week who is far from Christ? Maybe a boss, a coworker, maybe a family, maybe a friend. Maybe you know somebody that's going through something. Listen, when you're looking and listening, you'll find needs just like that. I promise you. And especially if you have a meal with them, you'll real quickly find out what's going on in life. We had a good dear friend of ours that, that uh, we've been reaching out to, reaching out to, and reaching out to. And she, got, she, she had a form of cancer, a tumor in her brain. And so she, they, they were bringing her to Baton Rouge to have surgery. And guess what Lindsay and I went and did? We drove to Baton Rouge and sat in that room with them as the surgery went on. And that means the world to them. Sometimes it's not what we say. It's just the fact that we're present and we're just there. Y'all with me here? Amen. Come on. Is this making sharing your faith a little easier? Come on. It's, it's not difficult. It's not difficult. We're going to begin with prayer. We're going, we're going to look and listen. We're going to eat with them. We're going to serve them. And here's the last one. When you've done all those things, let me tell you what it's going to open a door to. And that's to share your story. To share your story. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him unless they've heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? 
And y'all been to Lafayette with all the new uh, stuff that's going where they got the Costco and all that that's going on. Any of y'all seen all that that's going on over there? They got all that big development and they got a restaurant there called Dickie's. You ever been to Dickie's? It's Dickie's Barbecue. All right, me and Miss Tracy. Okay, if you've never been to Dickie's Barbecue, you, you can't go to heaven yet. And so I'm just telling you. It is a requirement. Jesus will say, go back down, get some Dickies and bring it up to me because it's that good. I mean, their ribs are amazing in their barbecue sauce. I just slather it all on there and the macaroni and cheese. I don't even care for macaroni and cheese, but I eat every noodle and every little thing of cheese. I mean, I'm like brushing my teeth with the cheese. I mean, it's so good. I'm telling you, it's good. Okay. So if you're in Lafayette and you want to get real barbecue, some good barbecue, go to Dickie's Barbecue on uh, Ambassador Caffrey. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's awesome. Why do I bring up Dickies? <laughs> I don't know because I'm hungry. I, mean, I, I don't eat dinner. No, I'll tell you why I brought up Dickies. Because anything that you absolutely love, you have no problem talking about. You didn't have to force me to talk about Dickies. You didn't have to command me to talk about Dickies. You didn't have to say, Josh, three times this week, you need to tell people about Dickies. I told everybody about Dickies this week. You know why? I love Dickies barbecue. It's amazing. I tell everybody about it. And when there's something that you absolutely love, you absolutely can't stop talking about it. You you ever met anybody that's fallen in love with somebody? Dear God. Oh, please help us. (laughs) Have you met anybody that's ever had their first baby? Dear Jesus. Just block them from Facebook for about a year and a half. Because you know all you're seeing for the next year and a half is that that baby, however cute or ugly that baby is, you seeing that mug all the time. Right? Come on, you right? Help me preach here. Okay. That's how it is. Why? Because you talk about what you love. You talk about what you love. So here's the question. Here's the question. How much do you talk about Jesus? How much do you talk about him? How much do you share what he's done in your life? See, when this is all about us sharing our story. And it's not about, it's, this isn't our job to tell people, hey, you're wrong and you're going to hell. And this is, this is, it's hell. You know, you're going to hell. And this is, you should stop doing, listen, God hasn't called us to do that. He's the judge. We're just to spread the, we're just witnesses of what he's done in our lives. You're not the judge, by the way. So get that off of you. You're not the judge. God's the judge. You're the, you're the, to give the good news. The good news is that, hey, I know you're far from God, but that's okay. Let me tell you what God's done in my life. Let me tell you how he's changed me. Let me tell you what he's done in my heart. Hey, let me tell you what he's done in my marriage. Living like Christ does not remove our responsibility to share our faith. Rather, it gives us the opportunity. I'll say it one more time. Living like Christ does not remove our responsibility to share our faith. Rather, it gives us the opportunity. So you say, well, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't drink and, and I don't smoke and I don't cuss. And so they got to know I'm a Christian. No, they don't. Has anybody ever come up to you and go, hey, you didn't order a beer. D- can you tell me about Jesus? <laughs> Has that ever happened? Hey, I notice you don't smoke. Is that the Holy Spirit all over you? Like nobody's ever done that. Nobody's ever done that. So living like Christ doesn't mean you don't have to share Christ. It just now gives you the opportunity to share Christ. Because people come to you and go, you used to yell at us all the time and you don't yell anymore. And you go, you want to know? Do you want to know? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. 
I was at, I was at Dawn's uh, today as well, and there's a couple people that come here that are related to one of the managers of Don's. And he was there at the Don's this morning. And he said, he, he started sharing about his relatives that are coming to the church. And they've just started recently coming to the church within the past two or three months. And he said, listen, they came, they came to my house Sunday after this past Sunday, they came to my house after church Sunday, and they could not stop talking about what the church was doing. And they've only been coming for like two months. Amen. And I thought, man, that's powerful. That's a changed life. That's someone who loves Jesus. Because when you love them, you talk about them, right? You talk about it. And I want to show you. I want to show you. And we're going to wrap all this up. We can get the worship team back up here. We're going to wrap all this up and get you guys home. John 4. Let's go back to this story of the woman at the well. So Jesus tells his disciples, guys, you're just thinking about your belly. You're just thinking that you're hungry. Man, I'm over here concerned about people. You're, you're worried about what you're going to eat. Jesus says, man, lift up your eyes. Man, there's people here that are hurting. They need me. Stop looking at your belly and what you want and lift up your eyes and see the need for people. And now watch what happens. So that woman goes back into the town and now watch. And many Samaritans, verse 39, and many Samaritans from that town believed in him. Now watch this. Because of what? Because of what? Because of her story. Remember, we're talking about sharing your story. It says many people in that town believed because of her story. Come on, Billy Knight. Where's Billy Knight? Isn't that the truth? Many people have been saved because of that story. When we did all the comeback stories of all that that's gone on. So many people watched that. So many people came because of that. Because there's something about people's story that's so compelling and going, if they can do it in him, he can do it in me. And watch what he says, that he told me all that I ever did. Verse 40. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And so he stayed there two days. And now watch this. And many more believed because of his word. And they said to the woman, now watch this. This is the powerful part. And they said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe For we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. God, how powerful is that? That the reason that they came to Christ was because of her story. But then it was no longer just her story. Then they said, now this is my story. Because what he did to you, now I, he's done it to me. And so now I believe him, not just because of what he's done for you. Now I believe in him because now what he's done in me. And come on, how many know that is reaching people? That is building lives. That is what this church is all about. That you would share your story and many people would come to church, would come to salvation, would come to know Christ through your story. But then all you do is you just introduce them to the Jesus who changed you and then that Jesus changes them. You, the pressure is off of you to save people. God's never called you to save people. Listen to me. Listen to me on this. He's never called you to save people. He's called you to sow. You're not a savior. You're a sower. You sow seeds. You water but you don't save. God saves people. All I do is just share what God's done in my heart and then I just pray that he'll save them. So the pressure's off. You're you're not to save your whole family. Jesus will do that, but you are called to reach them. You are called to bless them. You are called to do this. So what's our next step? Here's your questions. I actually have two here. Who do I need to share my story with this week? 
Who do I need to share my story with this week? And here's the next one. Who do I need to invite to church this week? Maybe for some of you, you're not bold enough yet to kind of share your story. Get them here. Get them here. I, I, we, we, we use social media all the time. Uh, you know, you'll see us on Facebook a lot of times promoting things. And, and so I'm, I'm just telling you right now, anytime you see us promoting something, share it, share it. Guess what? That is a great way to invite. How many of you have heard about our church or heard about our church through Facebook? How many of you found out about it? Okay. we got a couple of them. How many of you heard about our church through somebody else? Like somebody invited you, somebody, wow, a lot of hands going up. There's something about a personal invitation. Who is it this week that you need to text, that you need a message, that you need to email, that you need to call and say, hey man, I, I want you to come with me this weekend. Don't invite them, bring them. Say, I, I will pick you up. I will pick you up at such and such time. Be ready. This is our call. This is what God has called us to do. He's called us to be not only, um, not, not only proclamation of the word, but demonstration of the word. So tomorrow we'll be at Jennings Elementary serving people, demonstrating the gospel. But guess what? As we're demonstrating those gospels, all those teachers are asking, why do y'all do this? And guess what now we get to do? Because we love Jesus and we love you. And we got a number of teachers that are here that go to those schools. God has brought that in. And so I, I, I challenge you to take these next steps and to really heartfully ask yourself, what can I do with these? Who do I need to pray for? Who do I need to listen to? Who do I need to serve? Who, who is it that's lonely, that's new? Uh, who do I need to invite? I, can, we, can we take this as an area of responsibility? Can you take this as a responsibility? It is my responsibility to lead people, to bring people to Jesus. This is what this church is all about. This is what this mission is all about. And if you're not comfortable with it, this probably isn't your church. Because we are going to constantly be about reaching people that are not here yet. Because how many of you glad that nobody stopped to reach you, but they invited you to come? Come on, how many you thankful for that? So thankful. So thankful. So thankful. I want us to stand together and we're going to pray. And then the band is just going to lead us in this one more time. Because I just want us to give God all the praise and the honor and the glory. I want us to give us give him everything that we got. Would you just lift your hands? Father, we just come to you, God, and we just ask right now, Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes. Open our eyes. God, I believe right now you're even putting people on the hearts of the people in this room. God, you're putting names and faces right now of people who are far from you. You're putting it on their hearts right now, God. And I pray, Lord, that we would begin to pray. God, I pray that we would look, we would listen. I pray that we would eat with them. I pray that we would serve them. I pray, God, you would give us opportunities this week to share our story, God. Lord, I pray that we would be a blessing to this city, a blessing to these schools, a blessing to this region. God, we thank you, Lord, for what you've done in us. God, with all of our hearts, we give you all the praise because you alone are worthy of all of our praise, God. And we bless you today in Jesus' name.